0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 107. Tonight we're talking about the museums, not on trial, you are. So the real question is this, what does it take to make the gospel come to life? If you are struggling with what you believe, or if you do believe, but you want to feel the truth on a deeper level, or even if you're experienced in your faith and you want to deepen your relationship with Christ even further, what steps can all of us take to not just bring the gospel to life, but to cause the gospel to bring life into us. Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Robbins, and welcome to Bringing the Gospel to Life. Alrighty, so it's pretty late, so this one's going to be quick, but I wanted to make sure to give you guys something. So today, um, what I spent my time doing, so now I have to write a new research paper for my master's program, and what we're focusing on this time is kind of focusing on a historical... Approach to something in the Book of Mormon or in the Old Testament or New Testament, something in ancient scripture that kind of tends to throw people for loops. And so we kind of are supposed to pick a more, um, I guess, controversial topic is the way to put it. And then we're going to do some research and then find some ways to contribute to the research. Anyway, the point is is that I forgot about this. Um, I, couldn't, I, didn't, I couldn't really think of a controversial topic that I wanted to talk about. So I asked my professor why I should go to look for it, and he gave us two sources. And the first place he said was go to fairmormon.org and then go check out Elder uh, Callister's book about the case for the Book of Mormon. And it's been a while since I've thought about this, but along, let's see, maybe, uh, maybe six months ago, um, he came to the stake near us. And he gave a fireside about um, him finishing his book. And um, a lot about what he talked about was like, I'll be quite honest, it's like a lot of it's kind of like boring history stuff. And if uh, you're not really interested in the certain topics he's talking about, there's some things that may not be of the most interest. But he shared this one analogy at the very end that has consistently saved my self-esteem multiple times. And it was such a powerful testimony of Christ. And so I wanted to, I it, I was reminded of that today. And it really, really helped me feel good about a few things going on in my life. And so I wanted to um, share it from my memory the best that I can. And then recommend everyone go read this book. Um, but it goes like this. So when you take something like Jesus Christ or the Book of Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints... When you take something like them and you look at it, like these things tend to be under fire a lot from a lot of different sources. Like people are consistently attacking the Book of Mormon, people are consistently attacking um, the church and its leaders. And when something comes under that much attack, like you know, you know something's going on. Um, there's this one time where Elder Corbridge of the 70s said, "When you see people kicking the most dust." what you find underneath will tend to be the truth. And with our prophets and with our church, I think that's that's a good way to look at it. So with Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon, the church being attacked so much, like it wouldn't make that much of a stir if there wasn't some truth to it, right? And so in looking at this, Elder Collister made this argument and told this story about how if... Um, there's really going to be so many people trying to bring this stuff down, and there's got to be some truth to it. And if in all they do to try to really bring this stuff down, they aren't able to prove it wrong, but they're just not able to find conclusions for themselves, um, then there's a lesson behind that. And the lesson goes like this. So once upon a time, there was a school group who was on a field trip to a local museum. And as they were going through the museum and the tour guide was giving them all the facts and showing them and pointing to all these things, most of the students were following the tour guide and the teacher and they were looking at the things and learning the beautiful facts about history. And they were learning a lot from it and they thought that it was really cool. Well, the whole time, there, while most of the class was doing that, there were these two girls in the back who were just following along and weren't paying attention to the museum or to the tour guide, to the teacher at all. And as they were going through, they were just snapping selfies and taking pictures and laughing about jokes and talking about guys they were interested in spending absolutely zero time being interested in the museum. And as they keep going and they get through the museum, eventually the girls get bored and they're just kind of waiting to get to the end and as they're heading out, the tour guy thanks them and tells them to come back sometime and they start to all walk out and head towards the door. And as they start walking out towards the door, um, all the other students start to walk outside but the two girls are in the back and standing by the door is the janitor. And as everyone's walking through and talking about how cool the museum is, the janitor notices as the two girls start to walk through that they say, man, that museum was so stupid, yeah, it was so boring, Uh, that was such a waste of time and all this stuff, and the janitor stops them, and they turn around, and he says, what did you guys, what did you two say, and she says, oh, we were just saying, like, we think this place was kind of boring, and the janitor says something, and again, I'm just recalling this from memory, a lot of those details may not be right, but I've set it up in exactly the same way that Ella Collister says, and hopefully I can get the quote exactly right, but... As they turn around and the janitor looks at him, he said these lines, and this has been such a blessing to me throughout my life, and he looks at him and he stares the two girls in the face and he says, young ladies, the museum wasn't on trial today here, you were. This museum has withstood the test of time and proven to be interesting to hundreds of thousands of people and changed many lives. Again, the museum wasn't on trial here today, but you were and oh, that lesson has been such a powerful thing for me because um one of the one of the hardest things as a with what I do in my profession is as much as I love teenagers, their lives are hard, and so sometimes the last thing that they want to do is to come in and and learn about christ right and so the thing they're most focused on is, you know, their social life or their grades. And so coming in and having them sit down and try to focus on learning about the Savior can be really hard. And with that, like a lot of times they can get to the point where they might think that it's boring. And and it's not just teenagers, right? Like I go to um, go to church or go to meetings or go to big meetings for seminary. And all the time, it doesn't matter where you go, you will see a church meeting where even an apostle and a prophet can be speaking and the members can be dead bored and have zero interest in what's going on. And it's interesting how the church never really changes what's it, what it's teaching. And the message of the Savior has proven to change people's lives throughout the history of all time. But for some reason, we have individuals who look at it and they think, man, this just does not work for me. I guess, sure, it works for everyone else, but it just doesn't work for me. Or, yeah, it's cool that other people think it's interesting, but I definitely don't think it's interesting. It's just boring for me. And it's interesting to hear and watch people say that. And learn. And hearing this quote for the first time was such a... It relieved me of the burden of other people's testimonies. And... That doesn't mean I don't care about people who aren't interested, and it doesn't mean we don't do our best to try to reach out to them. But again, remember, it's not Christ that's on trial. It's all of us. And when we do come follow me lessons, it's not the person who's giving the lesson that's on trial. It's the people who's listening. And then when the prophet speaks at general conference, it's not him that's on trial to see if he gives a good message, but it's us to see if we're ready to receive that message. And I loved that quote and it's been such a blessing to my life and it's just it's so true and it's so it's so powerful so I just want to share that today as my thought as I head to bed and I hope that's helpful please let me know what you think about it or how that connects to you and I will talk to you guys tomorrow